The 2010s were an incredible time in modern history. It was a time of intense political upheaval and the true rise of social media, it will certainly be a decade to remember. With all the excitement and angst that those years featured, it is perhaps no wonder that so many crimes flew under the radar. In today's episode, we'll be exploring two nightmarish cold cases from the 2010s. Brittany Robinson. Born on January 27th of 1998, little is known about the life of Brittany Robinson prior to her disappearance. A cheerful and kind-hearted little girl, Brittany's mother, Tiana, described her child as a family-oriented one, which is why throughout her childhood and into her teen years, Brittany remained determined to have a relationship with her estranged father. However, tragically, this resolve would ultimately lead to her worst nightmare. On June 14th of 2012, 14 year old Brittany was dropped off at her father's home on McCovery Road in Mobile, Alabama at around 9 AM. As Tiana was unavailable that morning, Brittany's aunt was the one who drove her to the home. Although her father, Demetric Hooper, had provided his daughter with no emotional or financial support in her lifetime, he had agreed to allow her to visit for two days. However, Brittany never returned home when she was supposed to. Her mother, Tiana, anxiously messaged Dimitric, desperately looking for answers. For three days after the 14-year-old was last seen, her father replied to her mother via text. Once these three days passed, however, he subsequently ceased all contact. Suspiciously, Dimitric left Mobile in the days following his daughter's disappearance. Six weeks later, a warrant was issued for his arrest. In September of 2012, just months after Brittany's disappearance, her father was tracked down and found at a mental health facility in Arkansas. Dimitric had a long history with schizophrenia and had recently been placed on new medication. In the years before his daughter's visit, he had been hospitalized in Alabama on multiple different occasions for mental illness and drug-related issues. Police hoped that finding Dimitric would lead them to answers, but it didn't. Brittany was not with her father. Authorities discovered that after she vanished, Dimitric had traveled extensively throughout the southeastern United States, taking a bus from Memphis, Tennessee, and traveling to Arkansas on July 7th, three weeks after Brittany was last seen. No witnesses or CCTV showed the 14-year-old traveling with her father. Upon being located, Dimitric was charged with felony custodial interference. At the time of his arrest, he had knives, a rope, and his daughter's pink iPod in his possession. He denied being involved with his daughter's disappearance. Not only has Dimitric had a rough past with drug abuse and mental illness, but he has also had prior arrests for domestic violence and assaulting a police officer. He reportedly violently resisted arrest when authorities located him in Arkansas. 
Despite this, family members of his have said they do not believe he is responsible for his daughter's disappearance, and they do not believe he is capable of harming her. However, Brittany's mother, Tiana, disagrees and believes that her ex-partner was in some way involved. In August of 2014, Dimitrik pled guilty to the charge of custodial interference. He was sentenced to 10 years behind bars, but was released in December of 2016 for good behavior. His home was searched in relation to Britney's disappearance, but there was no evidence that a crime had taken place, nor anything that would indicate where the 14-year-old had gone. The area behind his home was also searched using cadaver dogs, who got a hit beneath some overgrown brush, but this find was a false alarm, and there was no sign of Brittany in among the vegetation. According to one source, Dimitrik told the police that his daughter was in a safe place, but he would not disclose where. However, it is unclear how accurate this information is. Authorities have stated that upon being extradited back to mobile, he chose not to cooperate with law enforcement officers. At some point during the investigation, the FBI examined evidence collected by the police, but this does not appear to have brought answers or new leads. In 2015, an age-progressed image showing how Brittany might look at the age of 17 was released by the Mobile Police Department. Still, her family has had no justice thus far. Of her daughter's disappearance and her ex-partner's role in it, Tiana has said, she's still not here. There's still no sign of Brittany. I haven't heard from him and he hasn't shown any remorse and he hasn't acknowledged anything. Following Brittany's disappearance, Tiana created a petition which she hoped would bring a change in the charge and penalty for parental kidnapping in the state of Alabama. There are few theories online in regard to Brittany's case, and the ones that have been suggested all pertain to Dimitrik being involved in some way. While some have suggested the 14-year-old was murdered by her father, others have proposed the idea that perhaps Brittany passed away in an accident of some sort, and her father panicked and hid the body. Brittany suffered from asthma at the time of her vanishing and used medication to help deal with it. Some have wondered if this led to her death. Other online sleuths have put forward the idea that perhaps someone Dimitrik knew was responsible for the disappearance. It's also been suggested that Brittany fled by herself after her father exhibited odd behavior, perhaps while adjusting to his own medication. As a 14-year-old wandering around in an area she was unfamiliar with, she may have been the target of a crime of opportunity. Brittany has not contacted her family or friends in the years since her vanishing. She was due to start her freshman year at Murphy High School in the autumn of 2012 and had signed up for advanced placement courses before her disappearance, indicating that she did not plan to leave. At the time of her disappearance, Brittany was approximately five foot tall and weighed around 150 pounds. She is a black female with black hair and brown eyes. She was last seen wearing blue jeans and a pink floral shirt. As we mentioned earlier, she suffered from asthma. She had no medication with her at the time of her vanishing. It is unclear if this means Brittany took no medication to her father's house, or if it was left behind at Dimitrik's house when she disappeared. If you have any information 
about Brittany's disappearance, you can call the Mobile Police Department at 251-208-1700. Ariana and Nicole Fitz. One of California's most heinous unsolved crimes is the disappearance of a two-year-old girl named Ariana and the callous murder of her mother, 32-year-old Nicole Fitz. Nicole, or Nikki as her friends and family called her, was described as a shy and naive girl as a child who blossomed into a driven and compassionate young woman as she got older. The middle child of three sisters, Nikki was raised by a single mother and throughout her teen years was a frequent volunteer at the Culverslausen Recreation Center. At the age of 15, she was given an award from the city of Los Angeles for her volunteer work, but life wasn't always rosy for Nikki. In 2012, she moved in with her younger sister Tess and Tess's girlfriend Claire. The three shared an apartment in Pacifica, California. During her time here, Nikki became pregnant with her first daughter, Sandy. However, the trio had difficulties keeping up with the rent on the apartment, and eventually Tess and Claire moved out, leaving Nikki homeless. She wound up in a woman's homeless shelter while her young daughter, Sandy, was sent to live with her biological father. By this time, Nikki was also pregnant with her second daughter, Ariana. Things seemed to change for the better though, when Nikki met Lemasani Briggs, a street pastor who invited the young mother to move in with her after the two began a relationship. Nikki agreed and paid Briggs rent money. Briggs also cared for Ariana while her mother worked. Eventually, Briggs's nieces began doing the bulk of the babysitting. Tess, upon finding all this out, was not pleased with the situation. She thought Briggs was taking advantage of Nikki and other members of the family begged her to find an alternative solution, especially in terms of childcare. After Briggs stopped caring for Ariana, she raised Nikki's rent. She also never gave the mother of two a key to the apartment, so Nikki could only get into her home when someone else was in. Tess and Claire noted that the relationship between Nikki and Briggs was becoming increasingly abusive. Nikki frequently received abusive and aggressive text messages. Finally, in 2015, Tess and Claire picked Nikki and Ariana up from the apartment and drove them to Santa Cruz. Afterwards, Briggs continued to harass Nikki via text, demanding that she, quote, bring my baby here. Although she was away from Briggs, Nikki continued to use her nieces for childcare. She was free of an abusive relationship, but once again, the young mother was homeless. She couch hopped at night and commuted from Santa Cruz to her workplace, a Best Buy located on Harrison Street in San Francisco during the day. All the while, Nikki fought for custody of her oldest daughter, Sandy, who'd been taken from her father's care. As a result, she frequently had to travel to LA to attend court. Eventually, Nikki found a new home. One of her co-workers offered her a place to stay and much to her delight, said that she could bring Ariana too. Nikki prepared to move into her new place and bought the things she would need for her daughter. But when she finally went to pick up Ariana from Briggs's nieces in February of 2016, she found that the pair were reluctant to return the two-year-old. A month later in March of 2016, 
Nikki contacted them so she could arrange to pick up her daughter, but they allegedly told her they'd taken Ariana to Disneyland. They had not asked permission, and Nikki had no knowledge whatsoever of the trip. Tess and Claire noted that they had not seen Ariana since February, something which concerned them, as it did Nikki. On April 1st of 2016, the mother of two spent the evening with a co-worker. At some point during their meeting, she withdrew around $600 from a cash machine, although she did not tell anyone why she'd taken out such a large sum of money. According to her roommate, later that night, Nikki received a phone call and left the home. Reportedly, the 32-year-old said she would return shortly after meeting someone at a nearby restaurant. Other sources claim that the roommate knew for a fact that she was heading to meet Helena Martin, one of the babysitters and nieces of Briggs. Other reports have stated that Nikki was last seen heading to her job at Best Buy at around 9.45 p.m., wearing her blue uniform t-shirt under her jacket. Whatever the case may be, Nikki's roommate awoke the next day to find that she was alone. She found a text on her phone from the mother of two, which said that she was going to Fresno with a friend named Sam. Nikki's loved ones were confused. They had never heard of a friend named Sam. She also had no car to travel in. Stranger still was the message she posted to her Facebook page at 1.13 in the morning of April 2nd, which read, quote, spending time with my three-year-old, need this break. The reason family members found this odd was because Nikki usually had excellent spelling and grammar and Ariana was only two and a half, not three. The 32-year-old did not show up for her job in the days following these odd actions. Tess and Claire traveled back to San Francisco so they could file a missing persons report. The report was filed with the San Francisco Police Department on April 5th, and family members told authorities they had not seen Ariana in months. Just days later, on April 8th, a gardener working in the John McLaren Park in San Francisco noticed something odd. A large wooden board resting behind a clump of ivy-covered bushes. The wood was mostly nondescript, but for a strange silver image or character which had been painted on it. Authorities later publicized this piece of evidence in hopes they could discover where the wood had come from. Underneath the board lay the body of Nikki. She was curled up in the fetal position in a shallow grave that was covered only by wood. Investigators have been very tight-lipped about the case. While Nikki's death was ruled as a homicide, her cause of death and the injuries she suffered have not been made public even five years after the discovery of her body. Following the finding, however, police immediately turned their attention to the 32-year-old's babysitters, Helena Martin, her husband Devin, and Ciolo Hearn. Their homes were immediately searched, but there was no sign of Ariana in either location. Law enforcement agents told the media that the people who had last seen Nikki and Ariana were not cooperating with the investigation and both of the Martins and Hearn were publicly identified as persons of interest at a press conference in the following months. During the investigation, it came to light that Hearn had previously served six years in prison after killing the father of her child when she was just 18 years old. In recent years, clues and leads in the case have been rare. In 2017, 
Authorities seized and searched a vehicle believed to be related to the case. Then, in April of this year, a sketch was released of what Ariana might look like now, aged seven. Authorities have said that the reason they have released so little information to the public is so they can best protect the case. There are very few theories available on the disappearance of Ariana and the death of her mother, Nikki. Armchair detectives have suggested that the babysitters had demanded money in exchange for Ariana's safe return. Thus, Nikki withdrew $600 on the night she was last seen alive. Others have speculated that Ariana had died sometime before and that her mother had been lured out so that she too could be killed. Many online sleuths find the trip to Disneyland very suspicious, given how expensive it is to attend the theme park. Nikki's sisters told the media that they believe Ariana is still alive, with Tess saying, someone wanted Ariana as their own. Following the disappearance, the family made a website to highlight the search and offered a $10,000 reward for information that would help them locate Ariana. Nikki's employers, Best Buy, also offered a $10,000 reward. As of 2021, the San Francisco PD are offering a reward of $100,000. They have stated their belief that Ariana is still alive and she is likely somewhere in California. Ariana would be seven years old today. She is a black female with black hair and brown eyes. At the time of her vanishing, she weighed just 45 pounds and stood two foot tall. If you have any information about the whereabouts of Ariana Fitz or the murder of her mother, Nikki, you can anonymously call the San Francisco police tip line at 415-575-4444. And there you have the facts. Please leave a comment down below with your own theories and speculations, and remember to like this video and subscribe to support the channel. You can also support us on Patreon for early access to our monthly documentaries and other behind the scenes content. Thank you for watching, and I'll see you next time.